there's a different level. There's a different level that, that CrossFit, and it could be something else too, but for CrossFit, for, for those of us in part of this community, CrossFit can be more than just a workout that you do on a daily or you know every other day basis. It can be it can be a community you're a part of. It can be people that you you lean on and in in good times and bads in hitting a personal best or struggling on a day. And that was a thing that was missing for me in, in all the gyms, boutiques and otherwise, just about that doesn't exist in most fitness arenas. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. Today I have Amanda Fleming joining me on the podcast. It's so cool to hear how much CrossFit and the community and the culture has impacted her. Not only this has impacted Amanda, but also it's overflowed through her into her daughter, Grayson. Her story is going to inspire you. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Amanda Fleming. I am 47. Um, I'll be 48, not too long. Um, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I am, I've been a homeschooler. Um, I have traveled all over the United States and a little bit of the world. I've worked out in different capacities in my whole life, and I'm really happy that um, I found BoomFit and College Station CrossFit as a place to land and uh, it means a lot for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, so there. so let's go back to that original time that you and I met. It was an evening. Of, it was like November of 2018, I think. December? It was, it was December of to, 19. Uh, of eight, 18, so a year ago. A year ago. No, no, yeah. you're right. Yeah, a year ago. Sorry. So, um, and let's kind of talk about where you were at that time and what you were hoping for because remember we talked about the six-week challenge you ended up doing the six-week challenge and you got started with that group Mm -hmm. so give me a but but again this is the cool thing about the podcast is that you get to expand on kind of where you were before you came when well we've lived here we spent 20 years in the marine corps and moved here and we'd been here about four years at the time and i just was feeling I needed something. I needed something else. I was swimming a lot, and I love that. I was running some, but I'm not a great runner, but I like it. Um, and I just needed more. I needed. I needed people. I needed accountability. I needed. I needed a place to to land. And um, I was on Facebook and saw an ad pop up for the six week challenge, and that was way out of my comfort zone for a lot of reasons. Um, but I decided to click. And fill out my information, and I got the call, and um, and I came in, and it was a really, uh, it was the beginning of a really neat year. It's been you know over a year now, and so it was important to, to for me to come and sit and listen. Nate came and talked to us. Yeah, that night I believe, and it was just really neat to sit with a group of people from a lot of different walks of life, and we all kind of shared our stories, and. It, it broke down any kind of barriers or um, anxiousness or anything that I might have felt about coming into a new place because I didn't know anybody. You and I had not met. Um, so everybody was a stranger, but we were all kind of going on that journey together of making ourselves better. And, you know, now we have so many people that do the six-week challenge and they get integrated into the gym through that and I think sometimes it's hard to realize, especially for people who've been working out here for longer, you know, and now you are one of those people 
but they see people that get started in classes and they're on the six week challenge and they, you know, they maybe don't know what those people are feeling or thinking. Like you're talking about like a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiousness. So can, can you describe to me like the, the first few workouts and just like starting a new meal plan, coming to a new gym, all those things? Sure. Um, I'm going to go back a, a little yeah. bit. So when I was here at AM, I was a kines major. And so... Yeah, that was that fitness and all was part of my life for 20 years uh, when we were in the Marine Corps. I did I did exercise prescription. I did personal training. I was a spinning instructor. I was an aerobics instructor. I've worked in private boutique gyms and I've worked in Gold's gyms in California. You know, I kind of had seen the gamut, and I don't like that vibe. I don't like the gym vibe, so I'd kind of, you know, gone the other direction and just worked out by myself because I didn't like that feel and I didn't even like training in those gyms because there it wasn't really personal even though you tried to make it that way that wasn't the vibe of the gym and so clicking on the button was more than it was me kind of having to let go of 20 years basically of my experiences in a bunch of different gyms and a bunch of different states and my jobs that I had had in those gyms and then also as a you know participant and so coming here, this, the beginning of it was so interesting to sit down and, you know, y'all really wanted to know our stories. And right away, I was just so impressed with the training and the attention to detail that everybody, you know, from the initial orientation and screening and the questions that were asked that were personal because you care, not personal to kind of be in our business, but personal because it matters on the journey, you know, into us sitting around in a circle sharing our stories and kind of realizing that okay this is way more than okay you're gonna get fit and look better in your clothing this is this is it's more of a journey than that um and that's why i love it here and then meeting the coaches and the coaches are all fabulous fabulous individuals for a variety of reasons but even they are a little daunting because everybody, they're coaches for a reason. They're coaches because they believe and they take care of themselves. And so to know that you want to go there, but there's like a long road potentially in between where you are now and where you can go is a little so bit daunting. You know, you talk about just like the importance of having purpose. And, and I think that's what you're saying when we get around the circle and we actually share like this is why we're here. And it, it, oftentimes it's more than just losing weight and what i'll often ask people in a six-week challenge consultation is what is it about that thing that that's going to do for you like what is it that's not okay in your life right now and i think sometimes it's easy to have this you know it's an easy goal is i want to lose weight an easy goal is i want to tone up um, and i think that's where so many people start right but you're talking about, man, it was great to actually think through or share or hear other people's real reasons for being here. How did that impact your success? Because you had great success on the challenge. Um, and how do you think that being in a group, also sharing, you know, maybe some personal goals that were a little more personal, how did all that factor into your success? Well, I think, so starting out, you know, part of the six-week challenge is having to do the workouts. Was it five in the morning? Yeah. Five in the morning with your group. 
So that's awesome because even though I had personal trained and I'd, I'd been an athlete in high school and everything, I hadn't done these movements and everything. So to do it with people who everybody was kind of lost, you're getting to know the movements, you're getting to gain that confidence, you're getting to know other people a little bit better and encourage each other. And you, know, you kind of realize what you need as an individual and what other people need. And for me, I'm a people person. And so it was awesome to kind of get to know and get to encourage people in their journey and just kind of, you know, get through mine and get to know um, the, get to know the coaches and then moving from, it's a big step to move from that little insulated group of, you know, 20 or so people and have to step out into the classes. Um, And so having that, um, having that to work through together was wonderful. My journey was a little bit awkward. I had great success that first three weeks. Um, I, I, you know, lost weight, lost fat, was doing great. Um, my daughter had unexpected massive surgery at week two, um, was still able with the help of my husband to keep coming to classes early in the morning or later in the evening, whichever worked because she had complications that we had to take care of 24 seven. Well, then at the end of week three, I had emergency surgery, which took me out for about four months just because of the, the surgery. But the coolest thing was, like I still wanted to come back and even one day my mom drove me here and I still could barely walk and I just remember walking in and feeling like okay this is okay and a couple of the coaches walked up and like where have you been what's going on and you know I talked to them and they it was more than just oh hey you know it's good to see you again it was like they really wanted to know what had happened and it made me want to come back it took a while but it made me want to come back and and keep improving and you know try to keep eating well and so that so that took me into June, I believe. And so when I came back, it was such a neat thing to jump in in a lot of different ways here to start working again, working out and getting stronger, which took a while. And then I got to be a part of the BCS Classic, which is my happy place, is planning things. And so that was such a neat um, Well, and it was so cool because I remember the day that you came up to me, I think you had emailed me and then you'd flag me down or I said, let's chat, you know, and it was like a four o'clock and, you know, and I already felt like I was behind on getting ready for the event. And then you're like, hey, so like I, I can help. But you were kind of almost like saying, like, I can do more than just volunteer. Like, you know, I, I, I can, you know, I kind of do this and this is my thing. And you were trying to be very humble and not, you know, but you were saying like, like, I want to be involved. And it was so great because I never knew the capacity that you could help. And what an amazing gift it was, you know, and even working with you now towards the event this year. So that was a really cool thing just to add that to your interview. Yeah. Well, and it was so neat that uh, it was so neat to be part of to be part of BCS Classic because because I do. I love event planning and that's wonderful. But I think the biggest gift for me was the day of because I'm new to CrossFit. I, I didn't know. I read about Rich Froning and, oh, that's cool that this guy's coming. But, you know, I didn't have the stars in my eyes as much because I didn't get it. And I didn't understand the CrossFit culture that is the culture of today and the culture that is drawn to the BCS Classic. And it was so phenomenal. You know, anybody who hasn't been to the competition, I hope you'll come this year because the people that come are these amazing people from all walks of life and they they're striving to do the best they can with the gifts that god has given them and you know so many of them 
really, really believe and really are truly trying to do the best they can with it, with the gifts that God's given them. And I, I didn't know what to expect. And I don't know what I was expecting, but it was just the neatest thing to see these athletes and their families and everybody out there working hard. Yeah, so that's a pretty pretty cool thing to think through is like you had your first ever exposure to a CrossFit gym in December, Mm kind of integrated in the gym, you know, had that surgery, got out for a little while, come back, and now you get pretty much thrown into this huge CrossFit competition. How do you feel like the competition, is it a, like what do people who don't go to a competition not understand that, who work out at a CrossFit gym, but what is the thing that they maybe don't fully connect that you would get by going to a competition, interacting with people, seeing like you said, like people really want to just give it their all, that maybe by work, yes, working at a CrossFit gym, you're exposed to the culture, but what are you not exposed to by not going to an event like that? That's a really good question. There, the, I think the thing that I, the thing that struck out, stood out the most to me was with the different divisions, there really aren't any barriers. Age is not a barrier. Being a woman is not a barrier. Being a man is not a barrier. It's just, everybody's just trying to do their best. And the coolest thing was at a competition, at this competition, people were really encouraging each other. And so, yeah, you know, people want to win. They're doing their best. But the intensity, but then also the willingness to, you know, cheer everybody else on was so awesome and I think it kind of follows into the gym because you can see like now I can kind of tell the mindset of people working out that competed or are really involved in the competition because they've been part of CrossFit for so long they understand that it, there's a different level there's a different level that that CrossFit and it could be something else too but for CrossFit for, for those of us in part of this community CrossFit can be more than just a workout that you do on a daily or you know every other day basis it can be it can be a community you're a part of it can be people that you you lean on and in in good times and bads and hitting a personal best or struggling on a day and that was a thing that was missing for me in in all the gyms boutiques and otherwise just about that doesn't exist in most fitness um arenas that willingness to fight hard to do your best but then also turn right back around and you know help somebody rack their weights or cheer somebody on or you see somebody struggling in competition and whether it's the other athletes that are waiting for their you know their heat to happen you know there were hundreds of people around every pad at the competition cheering everybody on well they could just as easily have been you know in a very you know myopic private place preparing for their for their heat but you know they had warmed up they came and they were pumped they were motivated and knowing that those people could very well do better than they did but it didn't matter it was I would say it was pretty much across the board and it was so exciting to be a part of because we would walk in you know with Rich and everybody's just crazy you know for Rich and John Devlin who was working out with him and that was super cool to see people I mean people were just bowled over and awestruck by Rich, which was the coolest thing because he's a, I mean, he's a, what a wonderful man from, you know, he embodies everything our gym stands for. And I know that his gym stands for our faith, our family, our fitness. There's that guy. He was amazing. So in, in 
just to be clear, you had no idea who he was probably at the beginning of 2019 or, or even a few months before. Yeah, yeah. Then, when when I well, actually when our meeting when I saw Beth get really excited about Rich, I was like, ooh, there's something to this guy. I need to learn about him. And <laughs> it's a big deal. He's coming. So and then to know that he would give his time to work out with a stranger. And, you know, John, like the impact that Rich had had on John's life that Rich wasn't even aware of until the day of the competition and to watch them interact and to, for Rich to care about John and, and to really spend time with him. It was amazing to watch because, you know what, it's Rich. Rich has got to warm up. Rich has got to prepare. He's got to show up at the competition. He can't loaf off. So he has his own preparation. He has to do. But he, he, he put himself second. He put John first and the fans first. He never turned a fan away. And, and to know that someone who's a leader in the CrossFit world, that that is how they handle themselves and to watch people respond to that, what an amazing role model. And it was neat that he was part of our competition in the BCS Classic because I feel like all of that is what this box, you know, this gym strives to embody. How do you feel? I think you're, you know, you're what's what I'm hearing, and I think it definitely you're going to have an answer, and I'm excited to hear it. But how do you think your role and involvement in the BCS Classic actually impacted your personal fitness journey? Because you got, again, you get, you start working out, six week challenge, you're here at the gym, new to CrossFit, you know, prior to that, you're not new to working out, but you're new to CrossFit. You kind of, you know, come back from the surgery, you appreciate the community, you see, you know, the, the workouts, all those things, but now you're really helping. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, working on certain, like working in the gym, I tell people, when you like become a coach, you actually get fitter because you're in the culture, right? Yeah. You should, yeah. <laughs> but, but not everywhere. But I, I, I really think that like watching you work on the BCS Classic, how did that impact your personal fitness journey? Well, I think being part of the Classic, you know, we had over 200 volunteers. And so because people and relationships are so important to me, I think it kind of like that, that different drive, that different mindset kind of started with getting to see how other people in gym cared about the classic and gave hours and hours and hours you know to make sure it was a success but then getting to know them so I still haven't found my my class like this moment today I still can't tell you I'm a 9 30 in the morning person it just depends on life I have a lot of things I'm a mom you know I'm a volunteer I'm a wife I have respond other things that make things a little bit hard to settle in but being a part of the classic let me meet these people and know these people and so every class I walk into I don't feel like a stranger I don't feel lost even if I don't know everybody's names or even if they don't recognize me it doesn't matter I feel I feel at home because I understand the I under I truly understand the heart behind and the why behind the gym and the classes. And I know whether I'm having a good day or a bad day or, you know, what have you, I know the heart behind it all. And I know that the coaches care. I know that the other, that the other uh, athletes in the class, they care. And we all show it different ways. But there have been days when I was having a really hard day for whatever reason, you know, physically or you just whatever. And someone kind of can sense that. And it, 
pretty much every time somebody says just the right thing to keep me going. And then some days it's my turn and I want to be a part and I want to, to be able to encourage or cheer someone on or help somebody rack their weights. And, you know, knowing that that's not put on, that that's not rehearsed, that that's just who these people are. And that's the culture that has been cultivated here makes makes me want to be here more and, and you, you t- talked about this earlier but now i think it's worth expanding on so you were exposed to gyms from early on in life right so at what age would you say you started working out at a gym let's see well i grew up in a really small town yeah <laughs> so i don't know back in the day if we actually had a gym but at the, i was thinking through this at that time in my life, so in high school, I had a family member who suffered from anorexia, and it was horrifying to watch her. I was a multi-sport athlete, and I, I do remember at that moment thinking, you know, there there are more reasons behind her her issue, her problems, and her control, and her working out, and her eating disorders, than just wanting to be fit. And I've got to find a way to be healthy without losing in attempt to have control losing control and so that i that was like the, i think so i was probably you know 14 15 when i when i saw the, that effect of like basically losing control to control trying to control your body control your eating control your working out control everything to the most horrible end you know that i couldn't go there so I came here to A&M and uh, was a kines major. So we had lots of classes, you know, we, we had gyms here. So I guess, I guess it was probably at 17 when I came to and college. And then you started doing like cardio Golds, and weights yeah. and I'd study classes. on a stair stepper. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that main, did you do that for 30 more years or was it? I transitioned from, uh, so yeah, so I started working out here. Then when we graduated, we went straight into the Marine Corps right away. And um, I needed to help make ends meet. And, you know, my husband was training all the time. And so I started teaching classes. And so I, I would work out. There was a, it was a Golds, I guess, uh, first one was, you know, I'd work out at Golds and then I would teach aerobics which is insane to even think about me teaching step aerobics, <laughs> but I did. Um, and then um, I did that and kind of stayed in that culture. And then we moved to California and I worked at a, um, it was a spinning, it was a cycling gym. And so I taught cycling classes and um, I would work out there. We had a personal training. It was, a, it was a tiny, it was a boutique. So we would teach classes and then we would do personal training. And I did exercise prescription and program development for people over the age of 60. So I developed a whole fitness spinning, uh, weightlifting, you know, uh, so you were movement all program. In it. Yeah, I mean that's that was life, and that's what I did. And then um, I got pregnant uh, with my first kiddo, and um, I should have kept working out. Uh. <laughs> um, but we it was move and all of that stuff, and that wasn't quite. In, that was ninety eight. That wasn't quite the thing. Like it was still kind of a antiquated thought process for a pregnancy mainstream. Right. Like right. I mean, I like would almost I, like don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah, don't hurt the hurt the baby. Right. Which so it was ironic. So I'll divulge uh, my you know, dirty little secret. Um, Sonic Two for Tuesdays was my very favorite thing, and um, I put on over eighty pounds. 
didn't realize it and god bless my husband because he still loved me i'm looking back at pictures it was just unbelievable i finally i started swimming but you know no doctor said anything nobody said anything and i just didn't really i didn't know i didn't know really but then i started i decided i want to do natural childbirth so i had a doula and i did natural childbirth and then i was that was a whole new thing for the doctors. I think that was enough for them to wrap their heads around that I didn't want any medication. I was going to do it myself. It was okay if, you know, my son was going to be three weeks late. It was fine. After that, I got back into it. I started walking um, and running, pushing the baby jogger. And I, I did yoga three days a week. And I lost all the weight and more and kept it off. And I got pregnant with my daughter and kept... I, it was very reasonable weight gain, mm-hmm. but I was chasing chasing a little one, pregnant with one, you know, volunteering and doing. And so um, then when I had uh, my daughter, I trained my husband. Uh, the war started. And that was a huge shift and very stressful time for all of the military families. Um, but when we moved to our next duty station, most of the guys that weren't Marines in I say guys because that was kind of where our setup was. There were females that also deployed, but they were deployed. Um, well, my husband was deployed a, over 15 months of a three-year three-year period. So, for instance, my daughter was crawling and six months old when he left, and he came back and she ran to him. Um, and yeah, that's that's a that's a, a huge deal. Well, to part of the process of dealing with that was all the wives banding together. And one of the things we did was work out and we would run and we would, um, you know, people who had kids put them in their baby joggers and we would run. And so while he was gone for his, uh, second deployment, I trained for a marathon and in the process we did half marathons. And so we would push our baby joggers in the half marathons that would let us, or we would take turns competing in the half marathons and watch each other's kids. So I trained for the Marine Corps marathon, 2003. Now, um, I've heard that's like the coolest one ever. It's the coolest one. And actually, my time was terrible because I took a camera with me and I would stop and take pictures with the monuments. And there are people from all over the world. We saw people we hadn't seen in years, like from college, that were working in D.C. or stationed up there or were watching for other people. And it was, if you're going to do a marathon, I would do that one. I've done half marathons in multiple states and everything, and I've done the rock and roll half marathon in Nashville, and that was cool. But the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C. was the coolest. And it was it's just well, well run, and it was um, – it was just so worth it. It was so worth it. You know, mile 21 is brutal. Mile 23 mm. is even worse. Mile 26 is probably the cruelest of all because you've got 0.2 miles to mm. go. Um, but it was fabulous. And so, but there were, but that's what we did. You know, we, we, we trained because, you know, you got to get, you've got to work through the stress. Having our husbands, I mean, we, they were in Iraq. They were in Afghanistan. They were in the fight and, there are a lot of ways people deal with that. Um, we were, our family was as at peace as we could be because we're believers and no, you know, we knew God had this and he, my husband has his own stories, but when he was fearful, uh, you know, he would pray and, uh, you know, just calm would wash over him and he would go and do what needed to be done. And it was kind of the same, it was, it was, it was the same on our end. We would set, you know, we set our prayers and 
we just had to, we just had to keep going and keep living. And one of the things that we did was work out mm. and have that community. And the other thing that I did because event planning is my thing is I would help take care of the other Marines and families. And, you know, we would have anywhere from 500 families, you know, more or less and all their kids. And we're all going through the same things. And so that's what, that's, that's how we did it. How long did that season last? Like when did you, I guess, get done? When did he finish serving and you guys move over here? We, well, we were in the Marine Corps for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so, and he retired uh, five years ago. And so that was kind of the grind. Now, my husband deployed four times. There are many, many people in the Marine Corps and other services that deployed many more times. Some people deployed less times. And everybody, there's a sacrifice that you don't understand, that you can't understand unless you've lived that life on a lot of different levels. So um, the last my husband finished working here at A&M his last six months of active duty. He worked uh, for the Corps of Cadets in a capacity that's at an active duty capacity. And, um, and so we settled in and, um, you know, figured out life, our whole basically adult life. We had done the Marine Corps life and we love, still love and miss our, our that life. Um, chose to retire when we did, you know, to give our kids a little bit of stability as they were entering into high school and, you know, entering into college. And, um, and so now here we are. See, and that's, so that's one of the coolest things about the podcast is like, you, you, so we're talking about your finished journey, but so much of your life comes out in it. And it sounds like, you know, to tie it back to the fitness side, sounds like you've been through so many different fitness, uh, (laughs) types of programs and seasons and, And I'm curious because it sounds to me like what you've experienced in the last year, right? We'll say a little over a year in the CrossFit community is different. And I don't want to necessarily put words in your mouth and say it's better. (laughs) But, you know, just hearing how you were sharing specifically about what you see in CrossFit and the classes, the culture, the competition. How can you describe like the difference? Like what is it? And how is it different from all these other things that you had done? Okay, well, I want to qualify what I'm going to say by when CrossFit came to be, a lot of people in the military community bought in wholeheartedly. And we watched friends end up in the hospital uh, with, you know, Robies and, you know, almost die. And that was our initial exposure to CrossFit. So you know, if, if there's anybody listening that isn't part of the College Station CrossFit you know, slash boom fit world, understand that there's a difference here. And the difference I want to talk about is a difference at this gym. You know, we've walked, you know, we've watched friends walk through that CrossFit journey and it'd be very different than my experience here and what I see here. And I think CrossFit's come a long way in those years as an, as an institution, as a workout regimen. But the difference that this gym compared to Every other kind of gym I have I've worked at or worked out in or group I've been a part of, even outside of a gym, is walking in here. I I didn't I guess I didn't expect the level of training that every coach had. Like there's not a coach 
that is not well, well qualified. And they're well qualified to work with people who want to compete at a high level. And they're well qualified to work with people like me who have to have modifications every class. Every class, I probably for forever <laughs> will have to have modifications. And, and honestly, you know, we talked about it earlier, you know, when I, until I listened to Beth's podcast, I didn't really believe that that was okay. I was told it was okay. I didn't believe it was okay because I am competitive and I want to do it well and I want to do it correctly. I want to RX it. So there's people listening that are like you were by, prior to Best Podcast. So what was it about her podcast that made you realize that it's okay to modify, change, adjust workouts? Well, Beth talked about you know her being injured and you know and she's been here ten years. So you know. A person's body goes through a lot of different things and you know whether it's injuries or just changing or, or what have you stress and and she decided she talked about just deciding well I can't do anything but maybe sit on a bike and you know pedal but I'm gonna come because because I care I care about the people that much and the people care about me that much and I want to still be a part of the community and I and I feel all those things but until I heard her say that and, and also talk about the graciousness of the coaches and, and you and everyone who, it really doesn't matter, just come. And they really mean it, just come, we'll figure it out. I didn't, be, I didn't, I didn't want to be an imposition. And after I listened to her podcast, I realized that it's not being an imposition. Like, this is why y'all are here. This is why this gym exists. It's, it's bigger than just the CrossFit class. And, and y'all really mean it. And so I started coming and the first couple classes, I was still injured. I was injured, not from my surgery, but now I was injured. And it was, you know, it was weeks. I think it was six weeks, eight weeks that I couldn't do some, most of the workouts, but it was fine because it didn't matter who the coach was. They figured out something for me to do that challenged me to the level I could be challenged. And that's an awesome feeling because then there's some days like last week when I'm feeling really good and I climbed the rope who in the world, <laughs> not me. I would have never thought I would climb the rope and slap the beam at the top of the you so know cool. building. But I did one time I couldn't do it again, but I did it once, but it was because I was, I believe I finally believed that it's okay to come here. It's okay to need it to be modified. I think what the other thing is, I think just intrinsically people also decide, okay, I can just ask for modifications or I can kind of slack and just kind of make it through the workout. But I think most people here want to do well. They want to challenge themselves and you have good days and bad days, but that's the other cool thing is, okay, so I want to try a little bit harder for me and because I know there's someone to cheer me on. And then it's my turn to cheer someone on when they have a bad day or like one day Liz helped me. We got to be partners, which like physically there's like no comparison <laughs> at all. And experientially there's no comparison, but it was a huge blessing for me because Liz got to help me with my form and everything. Well then like two classes later, I was working out with Bailey and Bailey, we were doing the same movement. I was like, Oh, okay, wait, this is what Liz, this is how Liz told me to do it. Well, then it kind of clicked and you know, you'd been working, you got to talk to Bailey and I got to share it. And like those little bitty, like those little things, those little interactions, the, the, the fact that people care and really it doesn't matter whether you're a guy or a girl, 
it, it just all kind of works out. And, you know, whether it's racking weights and, you know, rolling somebody's 45 pound, you know, play <laughs> to try to help put it up or somebody else grabbing my bar, everything from the coaches caring and being willing to take time out of their responsibilities and, and the focus they have to have to run a, a well-oiled, in, you know, well-run class to help one or two or even three other people modify, it never looks like it is a, a burden. And there's not a gym or an environment, really, that I was ever a part of that meant it. They might say it, but they didn't mean it because they, they, weren't, they weren't trained. They didn't have the capacity or the heart to do it. But they, but they do. This gym does. These well, coaches you know, do. And to speak to that too, I think you can't fake that. Like it's no. either who you are or or not, right? And that's you know you 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 can you can fake it until it you can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and it comes from a sincere uh, appreciation of people. You know, I tell I tell people, especially when they're early on and coming on, is like we do two things. We're passionate about fitness and we're passionate about people. And you cannot be one and not the other to work here obviously you can be whatever you want to be if you want to work out here but to coach you have to be equally passionate about people as you are passionate about fitness you know and you can't just be passionate about people because if you're not passionate about fitness you can't coach yeah oh yeah (laughs) so it's cool to hear you say that you know one of the things that i think kind of segueing towards uh my last couple of questions is I think Grayson working out here is just the coolest thing ever, which is your daughter. Uh-huh. And she was here this morning at 6 a.m. I mean, here's yes, a girl who is in high school coming in at 6 a.m. She's working out five days a week, you know, and I don't. So give me a little bit more about how that started, like when she started, like what led her to want to do this, like the behind the scenes conversations that have occurred that have now led to her not only coming, but like, I remember just a few weeks ago, she, you know, she wanted pull-ups. Right. And so like I started showing her and I said, okay, do these little things. And then here, you know, she's doing them and she's getting, and I'm just like, (laughs) wow. So I just, again, it's really cool. I know you're super proud, but give me a little bit more about like what led her? Because she she didn't start when you started. No, no, she didn't. When I think she didn't start when I started, because I think initially it was kind of personal for me um, to come. It wasn't that I didn't include her. It was just personal for me to kind of get my bearing and kind of start on this journey. And also, she's she's pretty private and just kind of did her own thing. You know, she would go run or swim or what whatever. And I don't think it appealed. I don't think. She, it really necessarily a- appealed. She was curious, but she didn't really want to try yet. Well, she'd been asking about the six-week challenge and, you know, trying to eat. We eat pretty well, but when you do the challenge, you really start dialing in everything, and you really are paying attention to everything. And um, she'd been asking me about that, and we'd kind of fiddle with it a little bit, but I'd kind of fallen off the wagon, and, you know, we're, we just didn't really focus. And I think it was she came and volunteered for the Classic, and I think that probably it would be an interesting question to specifically ask her because all of a sudden there was just this want to, like want to to try this thing that she saw. And so she started coming and she just is, she's so focused and so determined and so much fun, but so serious. And she just decided that's what she was going to do. And because she is in high school and because of, 
what her schedule is, the, and because she plays sports, the only time she can come during a season is at five or six in the morning. And I feel sad saying this, but I don't come at six in the morning typically because <laughs> I'm, I'm doing some other stuff. But um, but she comes herself. She comes herself. She packs her breakfast. You know, she plans her. We we're doing the six week challenge together right now, and so she's planned her breakfast. She's planned her lunch. She has her protein and everything divided out. She comes. She works out. She cleans up. She goes to school. Um, and it, and it, she's a force. She's a force. Um, for good (laughs) and she's a force to be reckoned with and it's so much fun to see her achieving and I think part of it this is mama speaking not Grayson's words but you know after going through what she went through with her shoulder surgery and the type of surgery she had I think now that she was you know now that she is um, healthy it was time to get control back of, of of her body you know and of of her strength she's strong she's always been strong but she wasn't because of her shoulder and so now just like you're talking about with the pull-ups and you just you just tell her and she's so driven that she can she she will do it she will work hard to make those things happen as a parent you know i i my kids are younger but i can only imagine i mean i see kate climb a rope you know and i'm like oh yeah you know my but like for you to see this i mean over gradual progression over this last few months and and not just progression but it's like a sincere like i want to get better and it's you know it's all dialed in towards health and fitness and which we know you know building better people like we, we understand that principle of like man when we start exercising even better so many things but to see your child right like firsthand like to see her dive into that like what does that mean to you as a mom okay so i'm a crier so i'm gonna try and grace it horrifies grace we got tissues we got tissues okay so i'm gonna try not to cry to to watch her drive to watch grayson's devotion um to excellence whatever she wherever she can whatever level that means to her or, or you know that day or that workout um to watch her or to hear her scold me as we're going through the six week challenge. And, you know, if I'm like, well, it'd probably be okay. She's like, mom, that's not okay. This is how we're going to do this. We're going to do this for these six weeks. And, you know, I'm going to go work out and I'm going to work hard. I'm just in awe. And it's, it's the, it's, you know, she's on the brink of adulthood and to know that that is, um, that that's who she is. I, I knew that. But to see it come out in like this different way and this focus and this determination and and fearlessness because she comes, she immediately started coming to classes without me. And there was no, I mean, there were, I'm sure there were nerves, but there's no trepidation. And then, and then to come into classes that she has been a part of that I'm kind of bouncing in and out of and to realize that the people don't know necessarily that she's my daughter and to watch them interact with her, all ages of people interact with her. It's just the neatest thing to watch, to watch transpire and to know that the, the heart behind the people here the in the heart behind the gym and you know whether it's the music or the programming or the conversations i don't i i don't ever feel the need to go supervise or to and and usually we work out across the room from each other if we're not paired up just to because she 
this is her this is her place too and and it's her place because she made it her place and it wasn't because of me it was because she she asked to come you know her dad and i made it happen made it possible but the journey is hers and so to watch her kind of step out on that journey on her own and to watch where she has where she is now I'm in awe. Yeah, like interacting with college students or adults and it's just being, you know, and that's what I love about the gym because when you walk in, you're just another person working out. Like you're not an age, you're not an occupation, you're not a title, you're just a person working out. And that brings down all these walls that typically outside of this gym, people would not think to gravitate towards each other and have conversations it's it's true and even in the gym like i it's one of my the things i love the most now is um thinking back a year ago and walking into these classes and you you can spot the people (laughs) who really know what they're doing and you know they've done it for a long time or or have or invested a lot of time in a short amount of time to really excel and perfect all of these things um one of the things I love the most is being friends with those people now and, you know, the intensity and the focus that initially to me was just maybe I didn't know if they would be open to talking to someone who is figuring it out, you know, you know, and just kind of trying all this out and, you know, getting used to it all. If they would be, would they even want, would they ever spend time talking to this person? Well, yeah, they do. And we play softball, I mean, uh, kickball together. And that is the craziest thing. But, you know, the, the fact that 20-year-olds and 47-year-olds and 50-something-year-olds would want to spend time together and play kickball, <laughs> that's the coolest Well, and just thing. the blessing in those friendships, right? Yes. And the coolest thing, you know, just being friends with somebody 20 years younger than you, but not feeling like they're 20 years younger than you. Yes. Yes. And I think that too, is kind of a fountain of youth to be here for those of us who are older because, because there aren't, there aren't preconceived notions. There's not judgment. I've never felt judged, you know, having to scale or whatever. Yeah. I have never, I've had people ask me about my basketball that I use to, for my back. Um, they want to know if they can go shoot hoops with me and <laughs> I, I can only play horse. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, that's been a funny thing, but like, I've, there's, there's not, there truly is, there's not judgment. Cause if anybody was going to be judged, it would have been me, the person that, you know, didn't know anything that is older than a lot of the people here that, you know, has to do this routine before every class and after every class, just so my back can make it through, but there, but it's all good. And in, in to the, the, you know, in good times and bad times, the little, the little nuggets that people have to offer of encouragement or solace or, um, advice and wisdom that's not something that I had ever encountered anywhere, especially not in a gym. And so to have, to have a place to come, whether it's at five in the morning or six o'clock at night or any time in between, and know you can roll in here and it's going to be a good thing, whether it's actually a good day or not, this is going to be a good thing. It's priceless. It's, that is something that I, I, I cherish and that I will continue to cherish because this is part, this is part of what we do. This is what, part of what my daughter and I do. And we, we love it and we 
are you know sad and for a lot of reasons when we when we don't get to the gym on a certain so day. you know one of the things that i'm hearing too and we don't necessarily do a job like a, a, a not necessarily a good job but just a job of we don't make it a point to be like hey bring your kids right like yeah. it, that are of age like grayson or older yeah you know to work out with you we don't right. we don't promote that we don't but it's really cool, like you've seen, you know, Tamara and Michelle just started mm-hmm. and they're working out together in, I think, your story with Grayson. And we've had circumstances that are really cool, very similar to that. And I think it becomes a gift to the parent, right, mm-hmm. in the relationship that's formed. I mean, you already have a yeah. relationship, but when you start doing anything with anyone, right, the relationship gets better. And yes. so with your child, oftentimes, especially, and I don't have teenagers or kids that age, but... You know, people do share that it, it you know, they, they kind of drift a little into their own world. But to have this thing that you guys share is really cool. Yeah. So if there's a parent listening who maybe they're, they're like, man, I never even thought to do this with my son, my daughter, however, you know, like, how would you encourage that process? And, and to not be also the parent that's like, hey, you're going to come work out with me. But at the same time, let it. I mean, is that even possible to encourage that? Is that something that you can kind of think ahead of time? Like, I would love to have this relation, or me and my child start working out together. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah, I think definitely would be something that would be great to encourage. And I think it it depends on the relationship, and it depends on the personalities, because in in the why. Because I don't think that this, like you said, I don't think. I would encourage someone, you know, you're having problems. You and your kid need to come and work out together. It's going to fix it. Like I like I don't know that I would approach it that way, although I think it would help. But I think having that something in common because as we get older, we we raise our kids to be independent. You know, we raise our kids to go and do and be. And sometimes that can get lost a little bit in the going and doing and being and you know, you can lose that connectivity even though you're in the same house. Um, and so I think for this gym, I think, I, you know, you said, ask if I was going to talk to somebody else and tell them this is a safe place. So you know, if, if you need to start working out, come start working out and let, let your kiddos see the change in you and may, and then encourage them to come along. If they're, if they're agreeable, start it together. You know, Tamara's a friend of mine, you know, and so, you know, she and Michelle coming together, that's totally cool because they both just jumped in together and that's great too, but they were both in that place. But, but I think it's also okay, you know, Grace and I'll sit and, you know, at night and look at the wad for the next day. And, you know, it's kind of fun to talk through, okay, well, we might have to adjust this, think through how we might need to modify or, you know, just that's a fun thing to do. It doesn't have anything to do with school. It doesn't have anything to do with the stressors of life. This is a place to let the stress go and, and do better for, do better with what's got, with what God has given you. They, she, she feels better. I feel better. We can perform whether it's, you know, work or school or volunteering, we can perform better because we did that. So I would encourage parents to, to think about that and consider it just like anything. I don't think that a parent could force, forcing them to come is not going to be the right thing. But when they see that change in you, or if they're a part of like the BCS classic and can see, just get the feel of what this is all about. They're going to want to be a part of this. Yeah. I think you see also the way that you shared how she wanted to after the event like 
it, I mean, so it's, you know, so cool to hear. I mean, it was very organic. It wasn't like, per, like you didn't plan this no, a year ago. No, no. Um, so the last question, mm-hmm. because we could probably keep talking, but we'll, <laughs> we'll close it with this one is the question I ask everyone. And, you know, the, you and I have spent a lot of time in the planning and preparation for the BCS Classic. I think you probably have gotten just to know me and just what drives me and the purpose and the heart kind of that you describe behind this gym, um, probably even more than most people. But those three words, right, they're really meaningful to this gym. And I know that members have kind of some new people have no idea what they mean. Right. right. And, and so but I think every person that comes on the podcast, you know, they they start thinking about this question ahead of time because they always know that I'm going to ask them. And, you know, I always like to kind of give them the opportunity to answer the question in a question form as opposed to saying, like, what does building better people mean to you? But building better people essentially is that we believe that you are becoming a better version of yourself through this process, right? From December of 2018 to February of 2020. And how is that true for you? And, you know, if you want to expand on what it means to you, that'd be great. Um. Okay, so when I came here, everything was fine, and life just kind of felt fine. Um, you know, being here in College Station is very different as an adult um, than it was as a college kid. Um, so there, there's been some getting used to being back here, and and not having been here for 20 years and not having our people um, was hard. Um, if in 20 years in the Marine Corps, everywhere we moved, we had people. And you, and you form those close, close bonds because of stressful situations very quickly. And so moving here, we didn't have that. And I didn't find the gym for several years. And what was missing in me then, even though I have friends, was a place that I felt like was my place, a, a place to come, a place to land, and that there were people in that place that would notice and maybe care if I didn't show up or if I was, if they could tell I was struggling or, 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 or whatever. I have people, I have people outside the gym, but I didn't have a place, which is, which is an, an interesting and kind of a sad thing to say. I think it makes me sad to know, to think back and feel that way. Um, but now, now this time later, I think the difference in you know building a better me, um, it kind of is the is the because the gym embodies the faith, the family, the fitness, and all that leads to building better people. It's led to a better me, kind of on accident, purposefully, but on accident, right? So the faith part at the gym, there's nothing overt here at the gym about faith, but it's here. It's here in the music. It's here in the coaches. It's here in the in the language that you hear. It's here in how people interact with each other. I need that. I needed that. I needed that in a stressful like workout situation. I needed that that relational uh, those relational situations because it's different than just having a conversation over coffee with someone. It's different than talking to somebody at a volleyball game or a softball game or a football game or whatever. It's different here. And I needed that. And that like, in faith, like it was, it's so neat to see people f- from 
all different walks of life, all ages, all jobs. It doesn't, there's no way to even encompass the variety of people here. But having that be part of this, this experience and that faith, seeing that faith work in all of them, in all of their stages of life, I think it has helped me. I have never once doubted God. My faith has never been a question, but it has been affirmed and, um, and strengthened. And like, I think God's goodness, um, and his blessings in the good and bad times that, it, that are seen in, in the variety of people we have here every day, um, is, is a, is a, is a, is a good thing for my heart. And then the fitness, well, it's just, it kind of, it almost goes without saying that the, the ability for everybody here, who's in a position to assist, you know, coaches or other, other athletes, the ability for them to make this fitness journey, which has had the ups and the downs, um, that mine has had that I know other people have had and make it a journey that we keep wanting to come back for that I want to come back for. Even when I'm not feeling great, I want to come. There's something special about that. So I think, you know, building better people, that's how I'm different. I I feel like I have a place. I, I, I cherish the place. I don't always do well allotting time to spend time afterwards and really, really, you know, pour into extra relationships, but it's on my mind and I'm working on that. And, you know, I was having a really bad day the other day and, you know, a a member was driving by and not coming to work out, but saw my car and came and just sat with me while I was doing my back workout at the end of a workout, just to say, "I, I just saw your car. I know you're having a bad day. I just wanted you to know that I was thinking about you. That doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen, it especially doesn't happen out in the world. Someone driving by who, who was on their way to go out of town would stop to just say, I'm thinking about you, I just wanted you to know. That's incredible, I'll never forget that. And so, I think that's, I'm better because of of the faith, of the family, of the fitness that that the gym embodies. And I'm, I'm so pleased that I clicked, you know, a year ago um, and that the ups and downs and all have, have led to today. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier about that. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.